quick note before we get into the uh, official part of this episode. Uh, you're going to notice about 15 minutes in that the quality of my voice changes in the middle of uh, the podcast. Uh, we had a little technical difficulty and I had to switch over to my cell phone to finish off the, uh, the discussion. Uh, so I apologize for any quality issues. Otherwise, uh, enjoy. Hey everyone, Don here. Welcome to Friday Night Stripes. Today I've got Brad Burnett and TJ Restaw from the um, Western Michigan Officials Association. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey, thanks for having us tonight. Yeah, for sure. Glad to have you all on. Appreciate y'all reaching out. Um, Certainly like hearing from from different regions of the country and how how everybody's doing it. So, um, Brad, why don't you you start us off? How how did you get into officiating? How long have you been doing it? Um, What... uh, what uh what are you doing currently let's let's go down that road sure definitely uh actually i just uh finished my 20th year as being a registered official for the uh mhsa which is the michigan high school uh athletic association here in uh, in the state of michigan and i currently am registered in uh, high school basketball and high school football now i'm not uh, doing much high school football on field stuff anymore I moved into uh, the assigning piece, and we'll get into that later on here. Uh, sure. Conferences that we work for, but uh, like I said, I've been going for 20 years as a registered official. Um, the last 13 years, I've been also a college official. I currently uh, work Division One in the Missouri Valley as a side judge, and also just finishing up my seventh season as a referee in the arena football league so um nice way I, way i got started really was uh, right after high school and looking for a way to stay into the game and hooked up with some good people in our area here um the paganelli family uh, carl paganelli the uh, dad and then he has three sons uh carly jr dino paganelli and uh, perry as well all three of those guys are at the nfl and uh that family kind of got me started in it and i was looking for a way to continue in athletics and also to get through college and making some money instead of being at uh, mcdonald's or a fast food restaurant or whatever it may be this was a good way to make some money throughout the uh the college ranks you know so they got me started in it and uh here i am today because of those guys well great yeah that that's a that's a wide variety of experience how how far do you normally travel for arena do you stay in the uh in the midwest up there or do you travel the coast at all yeah you travel all over this year we had six teams in the league um philadelphia baltimore washington dc uh albany new york columbus and uh atlantic city was the six okay. teams there so we we go all over for that uh and, and it used to be down in florida we go down to jacksonville and orlando and tampa yep. and then back when they had teams out on the west coast spokane washington um, san jose arizona las vegas so teams kind of come in and out some here and there and uh but yeah we go all over the country for the arena football league all right. All right. Very good. So, uh, TJ, why don't you, why don't you talk to us about, about your journey? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I started out 19 years ago. This will be my, this will be my upcoming 20th year as a registered high school official out of Grand Rapids, Michigan area. Um, started a little bit later than Brad. I'm a little bit older. So I was coaching uh, varsity football and some varsity basketball for about eight to 10 years prior to getting into 
officiating. Sure. So, um, just felt like that, that journey was done. So I love the game and I wanted to be a part of the game. It's been part of me since I've probably been seven years old. So, mm -hmm. uh, officiating was kind of the natural transition. And, uh, I can recall my first ever game, maybe a lot of other officials can probably relate to this, but I'd had no experience. I signed up in the local association, which is actually the association Brad and I are, are heading today. Um, right. and, uh, one of the officials, they needed somebody for a Friday night varsity game. And they said, uh, one of our guys bailed out. Would you like to fill in? And uh, I did. And I don't. I, I can remember that game like it was the greatest game ever. I mean, it was just <laughs> like, I knew, right, I, it was amazing. I knew right then um, I was in love with what this was going to be. So um, just ate everything up I could from that point and got into it pretty heavy. And, and uh, again, 19 years now in, into being a registered high school official. Um, this year will be my first year, just like kind of like Brad, uh, that I'll no longer be on the field in high school because of the duties that I'm taking on as the assistant supervisor of our association. Sure. And uh, the training and, and all the education and, and things that are I'm involved with are going to take up just a, a tremendous amount of that time. So. Um, I'm looking forward to that challenge. Sure. Uh, currently also work, uh, in the GMAC, which is a great Midwest athletic conference, which is, um, located in Indianapolis, uh, work most of uh, the Midwest, lower Michigan and all of Ohio and, and, um, somewhat in West Virginia and things along that line. So I'm a, I'm a deep wing there and, um, also finished my fifth year in a, a local kind of West Michigan arena program as well. So um yeah it's uh got into it kind of the same way brad through through the peganellis um if anybody knows that name you'll know three of the sons are in the nfl and and um you know they kind of got a lot of people in west michigan involved and um that's how it got started for me thanks tj um so brad and tj you you all are are um doing the assigning and the training. What what are your roles within the uh, the Western Michigan Officials Association? All right. So it, it's actually two two separate programs that we're okay. involved in and that we head up. One is uh, both of us are on the board of directors for the West Michigan Officials Association. And in that, that's basically just our, our local association that we have. I'm what they call the football and also uh, basketball registrar where I get some guys signed up, I help them get games, um, working on it through Arbor signing games at the sure. uh, middle school through varsity level um, as well, too. But our big thing is that we just took on this year is uh, the biggest conference in the state of Michigan. It's uh, five or 50 teams, and it stretches from Grand Rapids, kind of in the uh, western middle of the state, all the way to the lake shore, a little north, a little south, but we have 50 schools broken down in, into eight divisions. So it's the largest one in the state of Michigan. And what we're doing for that is uh, I'm the supervisor of football officials and I got all the varsity games. This is all varsity stuff. Um, and, and we assign crews, sign individuals. And before um, the, the old system was kind of put in place and just kind of the way it's been for years, you know, you get uh, you get your games 16 months in advance, and and there you go. So 
<laughs> that was kind of the old the old regime is out and we're starting a new program put things together because uh there's a lot more accountability in in officiating nowadays no matter what level we're at whether it's aau varsity college pro whatever officials are under a huge microscope nowadays and everything is being looked at to the nth degree and right we we have a lot of people you know that used to just kind of do this as a hobby which is great but also too now this is not a hobby we're like i said being looked at that much more on every play and we're being paid to do a job so we need to put in the effort and the time like coaches are putting in like players are putting in at practice watching film rule study whatever it may be to make ourselves better physically fit we got you got to look good you know the coach sees a, a group of officials, and we always use the expression, you got to look good coming off the bus. You know, the first impression when you walk on the field, if a coach looks over there and you see five guys that are out of shape, their uniform looks bad, you know, you already got a uh, perceived uh, notion about those guys that they're not going to do a good job. So we stress those things to all our guys, and we put in this uh, training program, and I'm going to let TJ talk about that more because I hired TJ as my assistant. And uh, TJ heads up the whole training program and teaching program for our, for our staff. And, you know, he puts together um, uh, films each week, uh, training tapes, some quizzes. He teaches at our uh, local association for all the rule knowledge, you know, and, and I couldn't think of a better guy to bring aboard um, to put this program in place. I'll let him discuss that, that more coming up. But, uh, you know, we're, we get a lot more emphasis on the game other than just officiating on the field it's all the off-season stuff you're going to do so Tej, I'll, I'll let you lead in that and you can discuss your piece a little more for us sure yeah thanks brad yeah it you know uh going back to, to my background a little bit too is, is um i'm a uh, middle school administrator i've been in education for over 27 years um and then 15 years as an administrator so a lot of the background of training that we do with our teachers kind of carries over to the thought process with our officials so sure. started out about six years ago you know when brad and i were part of the board and still are part of the board of wmoa and my job was the football program chair and still is today which is where i i had the the uh the training and the instructional piece for all the football officials in the west michigan area and we have during the season we have during the season six meetings um, to where we we break down film, break. You know, you kind of talked about earlier in our our pre-intro to this about you guys getting some film over there, breaking down some plays, some scenarios, and that's a lot of what we do um, during those meetings in the season. So those programs were continuing to grow. So the OK Conference decided to reach out to us and start a new system, which was to have a supervisor officials, which Brad is. And then Brad brought me on again for the training piece. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something where we have to match, just like Brad said, we have to match the level of play by the players. Cause in today's game, as it filters down, you know, you go from the pro level where the passing game has taken over that for a number of years now to where the college is now everything's just run pass option stuff and you're using all right. the speed on the edges and um, you're taking all the skill kids and putting them out in open spaces you know 
So this has now been the last decade, probably just about that, is filtering down to high school. Everybody's in a pistol formation. Everybody's five wide. You're putting the skill kids on the edge, and then you're putting a lot of stress on your officials. And especially, I don't know how you do it in Florida, but still in parts of Michigan, especially in our area, we're still five men. We're not even yeah, seven. Sure. Yeah. So that is an evolution in, in the game and the training for those people because they're so used to, you know, you'd at least get a couple running plays and maybe a pass. You know, now it's not that way anymore. Now we're opening up and, and everybody's spreading out and we got quarterbacks that have got multiple options. So you as a line of scrimmage guy, per se, you looked at one guy or two guys before. Now you go from key to key to the next, <laughs> the next phase, the next level. And that's right. That requires a lot of training. So in order to keep up with that, the evolution at the high school level, and also, just as Brad said, mentioned, is the scrutiny that is carried down from each level. And on the microscope that we're under, the expectation that the lay fan and the coaches have for the level of officiating has gotten more and more under a microscope. So we right. have to match that. And the only way to truly match that, and that's why I bring back the educational piece, is we have to provide the training for these guys. We can't just say, here you go. Here's the manual. You know, we'll do things and go get them. You know what I mean? Right. We have right. to support them the best that we can and provide them with those. So that's why we we have the six meetings during the season. We also have a clinic that is coming up this Tuesday where we're going to have over 300 officials at our clinic um, going over preseason stuff, new rules that are coming in, um, a lot of video. We have 14 clinicians there, all work either Division One or NFL level. So these are guys that understand the mechanics and the evolution of the game and how to get these guys in the best position to make their best judgment on the field. So right. that's the starting to our season here. will be this Tuesday. Uh, and that will carry over to the meetings. We'll start up after that. So the other thing, and I don't want to, you know, sorry to be long-winded here, Brad, but the other thing is, um, you know, we have an accountability structure. So we have a point system and a crew rating system based on several factors, which eliminates all the subjectivity, how these crews will be rated. Because in the past, here in Michigan at least, the end of the season you'd get a rating, cumulative rating from what the coaches sent into the state association. And that rating was your crew rating. So. Right. For the state. In the OK Conference, okay, you would get an OK Conference rating on the number of games you did in the OK Conference. There might have been crews that only did two games in the OK Conference. And let's say they did two low-level games where they were blowouts, so the coaches rated you at once, which is our top rating. So then you became a one-rated crew in the OK Conference in the past. That's pretty subjective. That's not, pretty, that's not very fair in the overall assessment of how your crew does. Sure. So to assign you top-level games, I don't think that is a clear-cut rating system. So that was the past. We've developed a whole ratings chart based upon six, seven different factors uh, that actually excludes Brad and I out of that. And it comes down – they're pretty – they're not subjective in nature. They're pretty concrete. Um, I can go over that more if you want, but that could take a little moment. Um, but it's pretty, it's pretty in-depth. And I think it's pretty fair. And it's going to, number one, be fair to our crews. Number two, 
make them better if they can follow their system, which is going to be better for everybody in the game involved on the Friday nights and Saturday nights they play. Sure. So let, let, let me ask a couple of questions, then I think I do want to dive a little bit into into what you're using up there. Um, so so first, as much as I hate to say it, that I, I think it's well accepted that not every official who steps on the field is giving their 100% in preparation and in, um, in, in everything they do to uh, bring everything they can to a game. Um, there, there, there are certainly different levels of those who bring um, a, a minimal level of preparation, whether it's physical or mental. Um, yep. and, and then you've got those that, are, that work very hard um, 12 months of the year. To, to stay in shape, to stay on top of the rule changes, to to improve themselves as officials. Um, how does how does all that come in to um, into your your rating system? And then I guess conversely, you have your your six meetings a year. Um, those that don't necessarily want to expend the effort and and only show up to one or two of those or or none. Where's the personal accountability in all of that? Basically, what I have in front of me right now is, is our grid. So if we have an, an ex-official, I'm just using the word ex, not naming the official's yep. name, okay? Yep. We have an ex-official. So across, his, across this chart with his name, there will be some, some headings of his 2018 rating, which is the previous year, his three-year average. And these are from the state. These are what get turned into the state. So we include those as well because the state obviously is, you know, the number one overall component here with the MHSAA. Sure. So we have that on there and then that gets filled in and pre-populated. And then what we also have each week, we have our, our, our crews turn in a game report from the game they did Friday night. And that's a penalty report. And that's also an okay conference game report talks about, you know, what they provided, how the game went and a little bit of summary. Okay. So there's nine weeks of that. So, for example, if this ex-official and his crew only turns in five game reports, okay, their rating is going to be either one, two, or three. If you do all nine weeks, that section of your rating gets a one. That means you got everything, and it goes down from there, okay? So we have meeting attendance, which I talked about our meetings. That goes carries with that official. So if he only makes three of the meetings, okay, he's not going to get a one. You have to make all six to get a one. Sure. If you make three of the meetings, okay, you get a two. If you make less than three, you get a three. Three mean bad, okay, just so you're well. One's yeah. good, three's bad. So, um, and also with the state, you know, the state requires that those those uh, officials, in order to get member in good standing rating, it's called in Michigan, you have to make three of the 50%, I should say, of your association training meeting. So. They'll be good with the state at three. They won't be good with the OK conference at just three. That'll hurt their overall rating. Okay. Sure. So we also have evaluations. We're going to have this year, which we've never had in the OK conference, each crew will be evaluated three times, early, mid, end of the year. Those evaluations, since we have the advent of huddle and other electronic things, are going to be performed by my staff of evaluators, which are 28 Division One 
officials across Michigan and some out, out of state that have okay. agreed to sign on, evaluate game film of these officials, okay, and give back a report on each official on that game, which is huge. I mean, that, yeah, absolutely. That's that's absolutely incredible. And um, you know, you're talking about people who understand not a penalty, but understand where they're supposed to be positioned, how they're supposed to be mechanically involved in that play. And that's what we're looking at, because we believe if you're in good position and you have good mechanics, we can teach you judgment. You know what I mean? That'll come. Sure. So that's part of their overall rating, how they rate out with the evaluations. And we also have a thing called huddle usage, which basically is those training tapes that Brad talked about that I will develop through the season. If they're watching, because we can track all this on huddle, if they're watching, they'll grade well. But you have some people, as you mentioned earlier, who don't give the level of commitment that won't watch huddle at all, won't watch the training tapes at all. Yeah. Well, that's going to really hurt their overall crew rating. So this is a systematic point system that is a lot deeper than anything they've been used to in the past which we believe if you follow along will make you or your crew that much better, which the overall product is we want you to be the best for those kids and those coaches on Friday night, which you should be. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. That sounds like that incorporates a, a lot of the, the different aspects that officials at higher levels are probably also evaluated on and and the two of you know know what's involved in the evaluation at, at higher levels as as you're there right now so it sounds like it, it maps to it fairly closely is that correct yeah yeah i would say very, i mean almost almost identical and obviously you know it's like an education and i'm also an education myself i have a fifth and sixth grade uh, teacher and you know the old saying in education is you know you don't reinvent things. You just add to it and make it a little better. So you're always borrowing ideas, and that's kind of what we've used. Because um, like like you said, every one of our plays and games are evaluated at the D3, right. the D2 level, D1, whatever it may be. Every play is looked at, you know. And, and they're out, we're not out there trying to get guys or want, trying to point them out, screwing up. It, like TJ no. said, we want to teach them. We want to get better. We're all in this. Constructive criticism, as you know, in this business is one of the best tools out there, you know, and you want a guy that wants to get better. You want a guy that, that keeps learning. You want somebody who's going to put forth the effort. And like we've stated before, go, go tell these coaches that it's not that important. It's only high school football. Or go tell these players or you tell these fans, the parents of these kids that, you know, they look forward to these 9, 10, 11 Friday nights, depending on how well or how far a team makes it in the playoffs, you know. Some yeah. some of these they, these parents, you know, they live for this stuff. That's what they do on their Friday nights in the fall. I mean, this is it doesn't get any bigger than this. So that we got to be prepared even that much more so we can put the best product on the field for those kids as well. And let me ask you a question if I might interject. You know, and I don't know much about Florida so much, but in your in your sure. high school playoffs in your in your state finals or whatever, do you guys have instant replay down there? We have not to this point, and I have not heard yet from the state um, where we're headed for the playoffs. 
since that's been added. Um, well, for this year in uh, Michigan, we're gonna we're gonna have it for the first time. Sure. We're gonna have it for uh, I believe I, I know for a fact the finals, and if I'm not mistaken, the semifinals. Sure. So that that let alone tells you the the level of how this is is grown over the years to the accountability piece and right. um, to the you know to the scrutiny piece. I mean, you're you're talking about re, I would have never imagined replay in in high school football. You know, and now here it is, and I really do predict it's probably going to grow. You know, because oh, of course, it, 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 it only can. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it is. It means a big deal. Um, regardless if we think you know, the, if winning and losing this high school is the greatest thing, because I'm a personal believer in just in, in athletics and extracurricular activities through your high school careers are so much more value than just winning. You know, and the importance sure. of winning. I mean, I mean, I grew up that way. I'm, I'm sure you may have as well. But you know, those. I still want to make those things as the purest of sport is is the amateur athletics. So, but this works on, and uh, we have to match that. Um, and like you said, it's kind of kind of like the, the collegiate approach. Um, but we also understand that you know it's not going to be as intense as what sure. we face. You know, but it's going to be something that I know for our state, nobody's used to this. So right. I'm not sure if it was on everywhere else, but I know for our state, this will be new. And uh, well, we're it, excited it, about it. Oh, we, yeah, absolutely. And I'll be interested to see how how it works out after after the season plays out. Um, now, in your in your discussion, I think I drew from the fact that um, you all probably operate in crews up there. Uh, crew is the same throughout the year. Is that correct? Yes. Excuse me. To yes, assigning yes. individual officials for each game. Correct. Yep. Uh, normally five-man crews. Uh, we do mix some seven-man crews in occasionally here. But, uh, yes, you're, you're assigned as a crew. And, uh, actually, we an idea we're even starting to kick around for next year, depending on how well things go this year and stuff to get some newer officials involved because, you know, sure. there's a shortage everywhere for officiating for every sport at the uh, at this level. And to get more people involved, more people to have an opportunity to get better, to get games, uh, we're thinking even our second week next year, which is mostly non-conference games still around here, as in putting some crews together, mixing crews up, so we can put some younger officials on with some veterans veteran guys and space it out and spread it out so guys get a chance to work with different people that they haven't worked with before and get some newer officials opportunities that they haven't had before so we're kicking around that idea hopefully uh something can come come about of that and we're thinking uh try to do it one of the uh second or third week of our season next year sure sure and that that helps alleviate some of the uh some of the drawbacks of having the crew system. We down down here, at least in our area, we we are assigned each game individually by position. Um, we don't have set crews that we go week by week with. Um, there are usually usually I'll work with one official that I might have worked with the previous week, but never do we really just repeat as a crew, um, which. Each each one has their positives and negatives. The way the way we do it, it, it it allows me to to get a broader exposure to how how different people officiate the game, and and I, it bring it brings along the learning. 
um, but there's a level of consistency that goes away when you don't have the crew set up as well. Um, so, so certainly, uh, certainly uh, interesting. I, and and from what I can gather, most most everybody I talk to is set up in crews as well. So I think we're we're one of the outliers, possibly. Perfect. Yeah, and like you said, you know, there's pluses and minuses to it. Do it all. I think one of the uh, one of the pluses that I always see is it is makes crews that are pieced together have a better pregame to make sure they're on the same page to even communicate even more because they don't, they're not too sure about the guy working down the field from them or the referee how he likes to have things done so i think it can it's it, it, a good idea to shake things up sometimes obviously i do believe in the crew set set up and system a lot more but i think it mm -hmm. also keeps people on edge a little more that they have to go above and beyond um then just get stuck in the normal routine that they get stuck in sometimes kind of like get stuck in a rut there, you know, and forget to communicate. And as you know, and TJ knows and all officials, when you stop communicating, that's when things go bad. And that's when you let the minor details mess you up and ultimately yeah. look bad on the field. So we're working crews for our conference level play. And then when we start our postseason, uh, the first three weeks, of that postseason will be a crew. So, so let's say take my my crew in high school. If we got postseason games and they were the first three weeks, we were going to work as a crew. But when you go into the semifinals and the finals, non-crew, everybody signed differently. It, it it's very interesting. Um, and you know, Brad and I are really kicking around. And this in the goal of this training, I'll be honest with you, if we can provide our our Staff, we call them the staff, the OK conference officials. The training necessary so that any inter, any piece can be mixed, and they should all have the same positioning mechanics philosophy, and that's the goal. Because sure. I think that'll make everybody better if they move on to that to the to the semifinal or final at the state level, because they're being trained properly, versus right. just I worked. With this group, I group on week seven. I'm with with this guy. You know, um, you have to provide that level of training, or else I think it's unfair. I think at at some point you put your people in an uncompromised position. If you don't at least give them the best training that you can provide for, um, that's my philosophy. So, and I don't know how how they do in Florida with that. I don't know how how much training you guys receive, and I'm not saying you don't. Trust me, <laughs> you probably get a lot of it. <clears throat> but that's how we see it. And in a way, we wouldn't mind experimenting without crews at some point. Hopefully, we've got everybody ready to go with that. So, sure. Yeah. And and the the one thing that does change as far as that whole crew system is actually when the playoffs kick in, um, the, the 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 crews from the different associations around the state are assigned by crew. So our association may provide up to eight to ten crews for for across the state for the playoffs, and then okay. who whoever rates out um, uh, at the top will move on to the to the following weeks. Um, so that's about the only time we do stick with a crew system is in the playoffs, and that'll be from the first week of the playoffs all the way through the finals. Um, Interesting only... dynamic change, isn't it? That's weird. It is. Yeah. It is, and 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 last year was 
was my fourth year in, so it was my first year eligible to be on playoff uh, crew. So I, I, I worked one uh, week on the field, and then every week after that, I was I was able to work on the clock um, as a clock official. Uh, for the last three weeks, I worked it with the number one crew because I had worked with the referee there before and, and had done a, a good enough job at previous times that he, he brought me in as the clock operator when they, theirs had to wasn't able to make um, the following games. So, wow, so, so, great. So, so you guys bring a clock operator as a, uh, or official as a clock operator then? Correct. Yes. Within, oh, within our nice. area, yeah. we, we have, we have an official as the clock operator. We don't, yeah, use, that's, uh, that's, we don't use home guys for that. So. that. That's beautiful. I mean, because, you know, especially uh, in a high school level, how many times, you know, especially the home clock operator, yeah, he might be a little one way and he might be a little this way. And, but, but then just as an official, you know, the game so much more and you know how the clock runs so much more. I, I'm sure that just works out fabulous. I, I, that would be a, a huge addition. Um, I'd like to see done. That 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 would be that would be very cool. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, we actually we actually use that as our new officials. That's what they do at varsity games their first year. For the most part, they oh, are. Oh wow! So that's no, that's a way no, you for don't... them to get exposure to varsity games for them to be. Uh, for them to see how how it all operates, um, and and yet they're in a position that everybody else can kind of protect where protect what's going on. Correct. Yeah. Now, are are they paid the same amount as a on field official, or are they paid a little stipend less, or is it the volunteer thing, or how does that work? No, the the clock official, if I recall correct, it's it's about half the game fee of a, okay. a on field official. Um, but gotcha. they are paid for it. Okay, that, that's that, I like that idea. That's that's very good. I think, I and I tell you what, you know where we're kind of really coming to hand too this year, uh, with the new forty second, twenty five second clock that could help sure. some issues as well too. That I think are, that might start taking place. You know, in in our area, I'd say maybe a third, maybe not even that much, have visible play clocks. You sure. know, so you have someone running. A lot of times, still going to be the bad judge on the field or whatever. But for those, uh, if, if you had a majority of visible play clocks, and you had an experienced official running that play clock with the new rule coming into effect this year, I think that would uh, cut down on a lot of issues. Yeah, that would that'd be something I'd like to uh, maybe even push for a little more. Or because uh, I, I like you said, it's a great idea to to help get newer officials involved. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it, I think it works out real well. And and in our area, we probably have, before this year, we probably had two, two high schools across the whole area of, of probably 50 to 60 schools that had visible play clocks. Um, but when that we have them, we bring a second official as the as the play clock um, operator. So Perfect. we've got yeah, one for the game awesome. clock and one for the play clock. Um, so that's, that makes that's how we operate now. Uh, how's it going to work when we, when as one more schools add them, that's, that's more and more money the school's got to put out to pay the official we're bringing. But if that's what we're saying we need in order to make it all work, they'll probably go right along with it. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Like I said, it's, it's a great thing that, that we enjoy. So. Um, how, what what has been uh, before we wrap up here? What's been the um, 
the training regimen you all have, have uh, done for your officials over the summer, have, have, has there been anything out there, videos or anything that you've been sending out to your membership over the summer? Yep, we've had uh, Brad sent out a, a, a quiz, and uh, I have to send out a training tape. Uh, and again, like you said, this next week we'll have a, um, a all-day clinic that we'll be running next week, Tuesday. Um, but outside of that, it's, it's either some sort of memos related to uh, what's coming up, what to expect, and like I said, the quiz that goes out, the training tape that goes out. So just sure. little bits here and there, not trying to overdo it, okay? Right. Summer is precious. Well, and and I know my summer has been spent working through the the Reddings uh, study guide. So that's that's what I've been spending my summer doing is working through that study guide and and making sure everything's good there, making sure. And this is the first year I've actually had the the Reading study guide, and it's it's certainly more in depth than than anything I've done previously. So um, it's a good tool as well. All right, so um, gentlemen, before we wrap up here, one thing I wanted to uh, to ask each of you is, you all have been doing this for a while. What is one thing that um, you wish you knew the first time or the first year you stepped onto the field? Is there is there something you can draw from that you can go, you know what, that would have made that uh, that would have made that first year easier if I had realized this? Well, I think for me personally, and it's still still in. I wouldn't say an issue, but you're doing all the time, and you just mentioned it, knowing the rules. You can never know the rules well enough. I mean, you always got to keep getting in the book. Uh, with with all the college stuff that just uh, happened, that came out with all the tests, we have what they call a CFO test each year. It's a national test. It comes out, it's 100 questions. You got to do it online by a certain date. I mean, TJ and I, we spent, I bet you, over the course of a couple of weeks, 25, 30 hours together on the phone or talking here or there, going through each question. We do it on our own and then we talk about it. And when we uh, try to find those, those rules, we we try to cite them um, from the rule book so we have references, you know. So it, it, they they say all the time, you have to know the rules. You have to know yep. the rules. And, and some people are, are really good at that and some people struggle. And all you can just do is keep studying, keep watching film. Keep reading that that study guide. Like you said, that's one of the best books I believe that's out there, and I get it each year and go through it. And yeah, I don't think you can ever know the rules enough. You always got to keep keeping the book, keep studying, keep pushing yourself because you're at one point going to have that one situation that comes up in your game, and you want to be the crew saver because you just read read that rule in the book last week, or you know, I'm on the way to a game, whether you're you're driving or flying or whatever it may be. And you're going through the rule book, and all of a sudden, boom, you read that. Sure, sure, sure enough, two games later, that same play happens, and you're able to nail it and save the crew due to the fact that you were in the in the rule book reading that stuff. So that that, that would be the biggest piece for me is just rule knowledge. And, and like with all the training, we can't stress that enough over and over and over. Rule knowledge, rule knowledge, rule knowledge. So, yeah, that's sure. my biggest piece as well. DJ, what about you? What 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 would you what would you wish uh, you had known initially, or, or what do you bring to the new officials as they come on? I, I yeah, the biggest thing for me is I wish they had the the access to video, or I had the access to video which sure. you have now. 
I mean, sure. that is such a huge training tool. And, of course, we didn't have any of that back when I first started. And, uh, man, those are the days you would, you would email a coach and bring and send him an envelope and say, can you put your videotape in this videotape? You know what I mean? <laughs> so I can look. Those were the days. And, and you know, that didn't happen very often. So um, I wish we had video and stuff like that. That would have helped me progress so much faster. Um, right. Uh, because, you know, that was um, that slowed you up a little bit other than and I love your system in Florida. We what I did is I followed a crew around um, for their whole season. I uh, just volunteered. And then those Friday nights, my first year, I just followed them around every Friday night on the field and just observed. And that's how I learned. So having your little system in place like that in Florida, um, I, you know, I think has got to be a tremendous uh, plus. Uh, sure. for new and, people um, for sure for sure one of the things that, that i've been lucky based of that, that we're based in orlando the the state championships have been in orlando the last four or five years that i've been an official and so we're we are actually the chain crew as well for the state championship games so for all okay. that level for the chain crews as well and so i would go out for the championship games and work six or seven of the games and and uh-huh. it's just good to you, it's just more snaps that you're seeing. You may be in crew, but you're seeing it just like an official sees it. And a play happens, a call happens, and you look at the other chain guy, you go, What was that? or I wouldn't have called it that way, or that was a really good call. He nailed that one. Uh, right. Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, any exposure to, to snaps is always a good good way to go. You you hit that right on the head there too, and I was gonna just just piggyback on that. You think about it, it's the one sport that that has so many limited snaps for you to get. Yeah. You know, like baseball, you can do high school baseball, then you can do travel baseball all summer long and all fall long. You know, you can do basketball pretty much year round. Um, right. But in football, you got you know you have your nine games <laughs> and a few scrimmages. Yep. But if you're not fortunate enough to find summer stuff. You don't. You get a lot of downtime, and I agree with you. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you on getting as many snaps, either if it's chain up in the booth or on the field. I agree with you. So. Well, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, I, I again, I greatly appreciate you uh, you joining today. Uh, it, it's great to hear how how things work in in other uh, areas, um, and and always good to exchange information. So, um, I, I greatly appreciate your time today. Oh, thanks for having us. Any any time, you know, it's always good, like you said, to talk to other people, share ideas, and uh, we'd love to come on any time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the platform. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, Brad. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Sounds Have good. Thank you. Right. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at Friday Night Stripes. 
show music is Fight 'Em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.